Welcome, episode 11, Future of Beauty Unfiltered. I'm your host, Hannah Cook, Head of Growth. I almost forgot my name for a second then. Head of, head of Growth and Innovation at the Pool Agency. And today we are joined by an amazing new guest, Wendy Slattery. Nice to meet you, Wendy. Thank you so much for coming. How are you? I'm great. So excited to be here. Thanks. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, we've been talking for a while, so I'm going to go, as I always do, and do a little shameless uh, <laughs> moment to talk about how we're here. So we're talking today about uh, the Beauty Buddy which is um, an app. So you are the founder of the Beauty Buddy app, which is leading the way for the tech savvy future of the beauty industry. Uh, blazing a trail with her Beauty Buddy app and, uh, well, disrupting actually a crowded beauty marketplace to provide customer feedback on a vast range of products, including skincare, hair care, makeup, perfume and body care. Um, it's kind of thought of actually as the equivalent of like trust pilot for beauty, isn't it? So to speak, I think that's quite a nice way of uh, looking at it. And it allows customers to offer honest product reviews on those beauty items that they've bought and used, allowing kind of a realistic survey of the market at a glance. Um, uh, your obviously background is, is very diverse and you've kind of uh, shown strengths and successes in lots of areas. I remember when we were speaking, um, what I loved about it was you very quickly went, I'm not a practitioner, I'm a consumer. And I love actually kind of having it from that consumer angle. I think that's something I'm really keen to kind of explore a bit more today because a lot of the time these products and things that are out there, they're not by consumers, they're no. by practitioners. So it's got a very different lens on it. Um, obviously you graduated in both business management and digital communications um, and it's given you a huge amount of background and um, practical basis on the tech and digital side to really get this app up and running. So um, yeah, there's a lot going on. You've created accelerator programs for ambitious tech entrepreneurs in Ireland. Um, you've been mentors, you've been mentored uh, by tech startups that resulted obviously in the Beauty Buddy app coming to be. So there's just so much that you have done. Um, thank you so much for coming today. I'm genuinely really excited to talk about this. I think the one thing that's also really worth um, noting that I'm going to embarrass you on now is you're actually uh, an award winning entrepreneur, <laughs> <laughs> having won the um, AIB Women in Enterprise Award in 2019. So congratulations, taking the Irish market by storm right there. Now she's coming for the UK. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so look, I want to jump straight in. Tell me a bit more about Beauty Buddy, right? What, what actually is it and how did it come to be? Um, well, Beauty Buddy... It's myself and my sister, so she's my co-founder. Um, what it came about really was us not knowing enough about beauty <laughs> um, and kind of following that kind of influencer and trends market and end up with products that didn't work and half empty products and just tired, I suppose, of um, not being able to find products for ourselves. Mm. So... Um, we had been looking at um, launching a company together in the digital space. So I suppose we had been looking at different technologies of like barcode scanning um, that's on like um, other apps. So um, in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. So we decided um, it was just one time in a store in, you know, Ireland. And it was, um, will we buy this? Won't we buy this? And asked the sales assistant and she said, 
I only work here on Saturdays. So <laughs> we were <laughs> like, we oh, okay. And then, um, as you do, we Googled uh, the product because it was expensive and we didn't, you know, just didn't want to, hmm. it wasn't a product that you could bring home, try and not regret just throwing it out. Um, which is not good. Um, so yeah, so we said, had that moment of, wow, what if you could scan the barcode of a product in a store and, or a home or search, and it, it just gives you ratings and reviews from other consumers mm. that have used the product. Um, because when you Google a product, usually the brand comes up the website and it, the very rarely any negative reviews on a brand's website, which is, you know, understandable. Um, and same with a lot of retailers websites, you know, um, just very few um, negative reviews because they can be taken down, you know, on, on request of the brand. So we wanted a platform where negative reviews were treated as positively as positive reviews. Mm, can't be filtered. No, can't be filtered unless they're malicious, obviously. Yeah, of course. Like the only thing that we do ask is that the review has to be like helpful to the next person. So like if you really didn't like, you know, a skincare product but you say all of a sudden you just say it's about the smell you don't like the smell of peppermint but the product was great that just helps people that don't like the smell of peppermint right mm. and people who love the smell of peppermint will so it's it's very much about not filtering the negative um reviews um and, and how does so how does the app actually work so obviously you know there's the consumer side and then there's also the brand yeah. the brand side. So how does it work for both? So we put the brand, so like even if we're not, you know, talking to a brand or whatever, we put the products are uh, put up by what people scan or search. So mm -hmm. it's driven by the consumer, what products they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So um, the consumer goes on and they can... Uh, sign up to the app and they can use it to scan or review products or read reviews there's also like discount codes there given by the brands um so they can also become a sampler so we work with brand that's how we work with brands so a brand can come to us and say listen we have this new product and it's working really well for acne in people aged 20 25 do you have any people that say they have that skin concern mm. um, and we can send the product so we can send then um people the product to try out that should work for them mm. you know so it's just really tailoring it to benefit our consumers on the app mm. as in the products um, that we will send will be something that should work for you or they're saying that it should work for you. So yeah. you get to try it before you buy it as such. Yeah. So and then for the brands, I suppose they get to actually connect with, you know, consumers because I think there is a disconnect a lot with brands and um, the connection with the actual speaking to the end user of the products mm. um, and getting their feedback from um negative and positive you know feedback is really is really interesting to to have so the brands um were able to go back to them um with different data from a data set say you know uh women over 30 with this you know skin condition do don't uh, use this type of product mm. at all uh, but maybe they should but they don't mm. according to our data do you know that kind of way mm. so the brand can 
you know, market better to the customer that the product actually works for instead of marketing it to everybody Mm. because consumers are really clever like and they're getting more and more clued into different you know obviously ingredients and they have you know they understand the processes of moisturizer serums a lot of people still don't but they they are more educated on that front so consumers know that a brand not every product a brand brings out is amazing a lot of brands are built around one product that is amazing Mm. and the rest are like filler for the brand but they're not amazing so people have like on average 36 brands in their house Mm. in their makeup bags in their bathrooms if you count them all up they're about 36 brands they're never going to have all of one brand and I suppose that is where kind of the honesty of the reviews and the feedback. So it's not saying a brand is no good. It's saying this product didn't work for me. I have oily skin and it does not work. Mm. So then if we see a trend that has everyone that has oily skin is saying this product is not working for them, Mm. then we will start recommending that even though the product for dry skin people is like five star, for you it's only a two Mm. or a one. So it's not saying the product's not any good. It's just like, you shouldn't be using it. Mm, it's helping with that personalization, isn't it? Yeah, and and that's the thing. So we're just launching at the minute the recommendation piece. And the recommendation piece is like based on um, your reviews of products mm. and based on um, your profile. So it will take people that have the same profile as me um, and that that we like the same products and then all of a sudden if that cohort of people that are like me that like the same products start raving about this other product that's a product that we think you should know about yeah totally (laughs) you know rather (laughs) than you know people who bought this bought that because like in fairness a lot of times you don't buy it for yourself you buy it could be buying it for someone else Mm. so it's like well you know, I don't wear men's skincare. It's pants. clever as well. Cause like, um, so I really struggle with mascara. I've probably got panda eyes now. I really struggle with mascara. I always have. Um, and so I'm constantly terrified to try a new product. And my mum is the only one I know that has the same problem. So I'm always going to her going, what mascara are you using today? I haven't seen any panda eyes. What are you wearing? Um, so I think you, you're right. It's finding people that are the same as you yeah. and having a conversation and going, what's your secret thing that you rave about and can't live without? Yeah. And then and then sharing that. It's yeah. um, it's actually really great, I, I think. So why did you focus on beauty specifically? You know, it's a really crowded marketplace. There's there's lots, as you've kind of touched on, lots of inflated claims, right? There's technology that kind of doesn't really work. And I think, you know, you've kind of tried to transition it to the, the honest voice of the actual end customer. So why, why beauty? Yeah. Um, well, in fairness, the reason we chose beauty is because that was the problem we we're trying to solve for ourselves, you know? Um, it's something that I suppose we are conscious of. I don't know whether it's probably an age thing as well, where you're more, you know, you put more money into skincare and you're more conscious of, um, your skin. Um, so it was just, even though it's a crowded space, I think that was the reason we got into it is because it was so crowded. It was overwhelming for us as a consumer to go into the boots or the super drugs or that you're just standing there going, 
I need a mascara and there must be like 300 mascaras in this shop and they're all saying that they all give you the best lashes in the world like they're all waterproof yeah so it's 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 that moment of oh god help me like you know um and it was just you know it's such a big market and there's so little um voice of the consumer out there so like what you were saying so for example what we're working with our database at the minute of consumers is sustainability it's a big keyword brands throw it about all the time um um but actually it's like what is sustainability to the consumer so what does it actually mean to us that a brand is sustainable so if you're like a brand and you're saying my products are sustainable and they're labeled sustainable and it could be that you know, you switched from a cardboard, a plastic box to a cardboard box, but actually sourcing that paper is cutting down more trees or like, what is the carbon footprint? Just because you have paper box now does not make you sustainable. And I suppose the consumer I felt was always trying to make the decision to be sustainable. And and now it's to the stage where we're deciding what sustainability is. So on our app, so when we as a group of consumers decide sustainability means this to us, your brand needs to fit that to be marked as sustainable on our app. Mm. Not just because you say it yourself, because Mm. that's like correcting your own homework, right? Yeah. And there's such a problem in the industry with greenwashing anyway. I mean, we did a piece of research, you know, it's coming up to two years old now. So it's it's, um, slightly kind of probably outdated but one of the things that we found really interesting was consumers do care but there's a limit Mm -hmm. on it and how accessible it is the user experience is still really important um so there was that balance and I've lost track of how many times I've been at an event we're talking about sustainability and Mm -hmm. the people go hands up if you care about the planet and sustainability and it's full of marketeers and the hands go up and all around the room he goes okay hands down hands up if you've bought something off Amazon in the last week and all the hands go back up he's like lies you don't care so there's definitely a balance between it and I think that's the problem it's just too much yeah and that's the thing there's not enough information and education I suppose is the next big thing for us you know on the app is like really explaining in layman terms what like the likes of retinol or these acids and serums I can't say half of them half the time I'm like what yeah like and and I suppose where we're coming at it because we're the consumer because we're not coming we're coming going asking those questions right so we're turning around and saying so you know we had a moment of like two three years ago where we realized elf meant eyes lips and face like we had that moment in and we the app was like a year old and we were like oh my god that is what an f20 brush is it's for your face but like all of those are on brushes in stores and they just presume the consumer knows an e20 brush means it's for your eye like and they don't Mm. and that's the thing you know it's like that is just so helpful like Mm. my my mind was blown when I realized ASOS stood for as seen on screen (laughs) there's so many things that we just assume I think because it becomes muscle memory for when you're talking about your brand it's your baby yes and you talk about it all day 
every single day. So it's just in your body, in your muscle memory. And whenever you meet someone that doesn't understand it, you kind of are taken back and you go, what? How do you not know what this means? And you kind of go, welcome to the real world. 80% of people don't. And I think that's what's amazing about this app. Um, So obviously, you know, you're using Beauty Buddy to allow brands to tap into trends yeah. sentiments within the beauty industry as yeah. you said you're kind of giving them access to consumers that have the the challenges I like oily skin as an example yeah um what does that mean and how do brands use it after that so you know let's say um what would you say the most kind of interesting insights from 2022 were that are going to shape the category in the coming years. So obviously there's kind of the product trialing side, but then there's the insights, right? Because yeah. it's, it's the voice of the masses. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think for us, it's, we have um, like market, we do market research, mm-hmm. right? So what we do now is for the brand is they can, once a month they can ask, you know, 15 questions um, to, to our consumers to get instant like feedback on something and they're not waiting months for to figure out something or trends or you know so we're able to help brands you know figure out their questions quicker um and get the answers faster so for for us when we see a lot of the trends um that are announced you know by big publications and stuff we're kind of going well that's kind of not really the end user so we would seen like say for example makeup remover right mm. nobody is rating any makeup remover as five star right so do you know what I mean so it's like there's a massive gap there for a brand to to actually come out with a really good makeup remover why do you think that is they're just not working they're just not they're 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 just, I think the two things, the perception is that if you use a makeup remover, it should remove all your makeup first go. And that's the consumer's perception. But as a brand, you know, like it's technically impossible. You need to probably wash you your face twice, double cleanse. Yeah. But you're selling, you know, you're doing ads on telly where you rub half your face with this and all your makeup is gone, <laughs> where the consumer is rubbing their face and they're left with panda eyes and their lipstick is smudged all over their face. Yeah. So, so I think there's that perception, mm. you know, it's it doesn't say as part of, you know, like it's like the shampoos are saying, well, use it with this conditioner. The makeup removers aren't saying, well, you need to then... Yeah, do, it, do, do it, it twice. Do, do yeah. it twice. Or... It's, some of it is common sense, isn't it? Because, I mean, I never used to... It's only because I work in the category that I know to do that, right? But yeah. I never used to clean my face twice. I do it once, like, to be fair. <laughs> I think when I was 17, I cleaned it with a wet wipe. So, um, yeah. but I think, you know, it is common sense when you think about it. Or yes. first layer gets rid of the makeup, second layer cleans the skin. 100%. But... It's unre- unrealistic to expect that an everyday consumer who doesn't live and breathe a category <laughs> to think about that. It's a cleanser. It's meant to do the job. So I think some of it is around what's interesting, I think, with Beauty Buddy is I think majority of brands have responsibility to educate now. Oh, yeah. And by using the insights that yeah. you're gaining from 
the yeah. community of people you've got, yeah. you're actually realizing and working out yeah. very quickly what people don't understand yeah. on the masses. And you should be using those insights towards yeah. your marketing strategies yeah. and how you communicate. A hundred percent. And it's even um, some of the education because on the app, the brand is able to put up videos, mm. you know, about education, about a product, like how to's and things, how to's, yeah. all that kind of information. The more information, the better. Right. But actually some of the questions, like they're still not answering some of the questions that the consumer has. They're being very nearly high level you know about the different ingredients and stuff but the the consumer wants to just know do I wash my face first do I cleanse my face first do I put it on last do I put it on first when do I put on SPF you know is SPF in foundation good enough well it's technically not you know but people now the consumer thinks the foundation has SPF so I don't need to put on SPF Mm -hmm. so it's literally you know hyaluronic acid you know doesn't work well unless your face is wet who like who knew like like do you know that kind of way so obviously being not in the industry really helps us you know and starting to kind of come out with more hints and tips based on okay this is you do not eat banana powder you know because there's so (laughs) There's so much going oh. on out there with ingredients, like, you Doesn't know, with smell like banana, no. lies <laughs> with the gut, like, yeah. you know, and so people think banana powder is organic and it's made from bananas and you're like, no, it's That's not. It's just yellow. It's just yellow. <laughs> so, but it's like, it's all those kind of what seem like, you know, silly things, but it's just education like, mm. and lack of, you know. What do you think are the key so I, I kind of, I've always find this fascinating based on your communities of people you've got, what are the key areas that people still don't understand? So like retinol for me is one, yeah. it's kind of coming to the market. They're very much making it uh, saying this is the hero night cream. Like this is the anti-aging thing. Yeah. Even I have retinol products and I kind of look and I'm like, mm, I don't know when I should be using this, if I should be using it with other things. Like, yeah. you know, what are those kind of key products that people still don't understand that you're seeing? Yeah, it's definitely on the ingredients because brands are pushing and agree. And like there's new ingredients being, you know, released all the time. But some of these ingredients, you know, don't work unless they're at a certain percentage. Right. <laughs> just because there's a tiny bit in the product that doesn't mean you're getting the impact of it so it's it's like that you don't use like retinol morning and nighttime you know seven days a week Mm -hmm. you know you destroy your skin you know nearly it depends on what percentage is in it and how strong it is and different things like that so and the age of your skin yeah and 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 consumers are really trying to keep up Mm. with the skin and so they're very kind of more led by oh this retinol is supposed to be good so if you just have retinol you, you know the chances are your product's going to be picked up more mm. um but then if it doesn't work then you get a bad review and then it's never bought again so yeah it's not even just about the ingredient it's about how often you use that ingredient how, how much how much yeah the size you know like people like is it a size of a pea is it a size of you know that's oh. half the problem as well is that you know they'll make a claim and say 90 percent of women clinical trials or whatever found this was the result from their skin they are directed within an inch of their life on what order to put it on oh, yeah. the amount of pumps like all the the quantity all of it 
um, and the other products to use with exactly, it. Exactly, because it's a product. cocktail, yeah. right? It's not, there isn't yeah. one magic thing, no. otherwise someone would have found it by now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's those kind of things that consumers are screaming for. Um, what I love about the, the kind of the beauty body app and, and kind of where you've come from is it's creating a new kind of influencer. Yeah. Um, so you've released, um, I'm jumping, I've got another question. There's so many coming in my head. I've got so many questions. So you, we were talking earlier, obviously you have released and done, um, a big piece of research based on kind of people that are using your app and the communities. And, um, one of the pieces, one of the statistics that you put together were 93% of consumers look to reviews before buying a product. And when I read that, I, I wasn't very aware of it, even as a consumer myself, as I was saying, and I kind of, and now I'm very aware, are there pictures? Are there befores and afters? Even for like in fashion, have I got a picture of someone wearing it? Is their body type similar to mine? And it's finding ways outside of just the marketing information. And I think people underestimate the power of review. Oh, sometimes. Absolutely. Like the power, the power of reviews, um, and I think even brands underestimate the the power of reviews, especially when the reviews kind of, you know, are from a trusted source. So our our thing as well is for brands is like the, the plan would be, you know, to be on brands websites, but to so for the brand to identify that the reviews are from powered by Beauty Buddy. Right. So the brand has would have no um, ex- access to those. Yeah, reviews. No control. No control. Filtering, yeah. Um, no filter to that but actually when we do our research you know the consumers want to see a product that's like 4.6 they actually are clicked on the most five star products are very rarely kind of they're skeptical aren't they click, they're completely skeptical because no product works for every single person so they need you nearly need to see a negative review to to believe the positive reviews. Mm. So I don't think, you know, as well as that, it's like we had one product that was like launched in Ireland and, you know, straight away people were like, it smells like fairy washing up liquid, right? And it was for your face. And like, the thing about that is the brand needs to know that, right? Straight away, because this product sells really well in the US, but they don't have fairy washing up liquid in the US. So it doesn't trigger... A, a washing up liquid smell yeah I would not put that on my face so you would <laughs> so even though this like the reviews are really good you know from like the US side or whatever it was like oh no I can't use that so people weren't even willing to try it because mm. it it was expensive but it smelled like washing up liquid so it just felt like the it was perceived wa- value was just gone yeah gone. is there a difference in the marketplaces we were obviously before we um started recording we were talking about Ireland mm. and how in Ireland, the pharmacy still yeah. rules yeah. when it comes to kind of purchasing a lot of your beauty products. And, you know, we were mentioning the quarterly podcast where they said the same in France. It's all about yeah. the formulations from pharmacy. Here, it's not the case. What about in the States? You know, what are the differences? Because I do think the UK market, it's a one, it's a beast, but two, it's so different. And I yeah. can't, I, it's, I think it's partially because the market's so crowded. People yeah. are constantly sport for choice and also they're overwhelmed at a price point I think influences a lot of the decision making sometimes and just the amount of information so what are the differences in the markets that you've noticed yeah so even a lot of the 
the UK and Ireland um, data is pushed in together, but actually UK and Ireland are completely different shoppers um, like that, as you said. Um, I suppose you have obviously a huge amount more boots and all that kind of what, where we would have seen boots as a pharmacy. Um, but obviously it's it's very small over here on a pharmacy level. Um, but in the in Ireland, it's we have obviously some boots and super drugs, but they would be they wouldn't be on your high street. They would only be in the main towns or shopping centers. So the the pharmacies in Ireland are very much where you would go for your beauty products. Um, the likes of Macaulay's and we work with those like they are very beauty, you know, new trends, everything, influencer products, you know, really good skincare all different ranges. So you're talking about something for a fiver to something that's like maybe a hundred euro in your pharmacy, you know? So, um, the U S market is a bit, I would say more like the UK, you know, because they would have like CVS pharmacies, but they're really like boots, you know, as in retailers, they're like big, they're just really big, um, retailers. Um, there's the smaller pharmacies don't really exist as much in the US from a beauty perspective either. Like they wouldn't, they would be like your local pharmacy would be pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Do you know that kind of prescription? Yeah, yeah, medicinal. Medicinal. Um, and because they have so many of those shops around, like they would have even the their um oh, what's the bit like JC Penney's. Mm. So the likes of JC Penney's, even though it does close and all so that. Like Walmart, they have beauty Walmart, counters. Yeah. They have be they've they've they're all driving. Now Sephora has just Sephora and JC Penney's um split um recently. So but I know JC Penney's has like six hundred stores that are changing into uh beauty so they're replacing Sephora with mm. their own beauty halls mm. um, and it's a great opportunity for brands and stuff, but they would be still classed as not like a retailer, retail, like yeah. it's just, you know, superstore. Yeah. It's just a superstore. Um, but you could have all different types of brands in there, but um, yeah. So the UK, I think, and the U S are, are more on par than Ireland would be more on par with Europe mm. from a pharmacy. Um, what about consumer side from the cons- the same the, well uh, no well i in france um and even germany and i would have a lot more um knowledge on skincare and um a lot more spend on skin but not only just on your face it's body mm-hmm. you know um they would spend a lot on body uh cream as well um, less on the makeup or, you know, the, it's more the minimalism kind of look, mm-hmm. um, a huge amount on skin. Um, Ireland, I suppose it kind of follows trends. Like, so if it's a winged eyeliner going this way, you have that group that will follow that. And then if it's minimal skin and so we are trend led, definitely more so in Ireland. I think in the UK, from a consumer point of view, they're definitely getting more spend on skin um, at a younger age. Mm -hmm. So the younger shopper in the UK is definitely more knowledgeable about their skin. And actually what we've seen as well is their gut. It's very much their, you know, the vitamins and, you know, understanding 
that it's not just if you have really bad, you know, acne or something like that. It could be to do, you know, you're eating like 10 bars of chocolate and two packs of crisps and no fruit and you're not drinking any water. So I think they are definitely much more educated on skin than we were. Mm. Well, like me and my sister wouldn't have had that when we were at the age they are. Mm. But I don't know whether that's just because of like social and... I think that the information's more accessible as mm. well. And also life, it's so different. It's I Every time I say it, I think, gosh, I sound really old, but I'm not. I'm in my early 30s. What am I talking about? Um, but I think information is so much more accessible. Yeah. I mean, I so my 18-year-old sister uses CeraVe now. She There's lots of, com- you know, Paula's Choice. Yeah, uh, She'll use acid serums, constantly talking to me about, how I've bought this product, how do I use it? And I'm like, what did you buy that for? It's not the right fit. Yeah. Um, you know, there'll be all these kind of things. Um, I wasn't, I mean, I was quite like that as a kid, but I didn't have anyone to go to. Yes. Um, and I think that's the the difference. There's now... I think these younger generations are benefiting from kind of the millennial age where they they are starting to kind of get their head around and have got their head around skincare more. Yeah, but there's um, also, I think, a big risk for the younger generation for the skincare is that they're nearly overdoing their own skin. Mm. You know, they're they're literally going on, you know, whatever's next out, like retinal. Next for, TikTok trend. You know, a TikTok or whatever. But actually their skin might not even need, you know, the serums or acids they're putting on their skin. Mm. Do you know that kind of way? So there is, you know, they might have all the retinols and serums and, you know, they have this CeraVe and they have, you know, more expensive, but it's actually, they're not really looking at their skin they're just going a lot on trends but they are Mm. definitely more conscious of skin yeah definitely um so beauty buddy it also monitors uh sentiments towards Mm. brands yeah i i think this is really interesting point because um you know we do a lot of research here and you can there's an expectation to a certain extent of are they giving me the answer they think they should give or the answer they really want to give and and we see a wide range of it. And I think that's the thing. It's a very British thing as well, I think, of, uh, you know, we, we're also, we don't go for 10. Even if we think it's amazing, it's a nine. It's yeah. a nine, maybe yeah. an eight. Yeah. Um, you know, and if it's a if it's a six, it's really bad. And um, I think it's the same for sentiments towards brands. We always try, I think, majority of the time to find some positive and kind of soften the negative feedback. Yeah. Um, but you obviously monitor how people are feeling towards brands like can we talk a bit more kind of about that and also yeah. who's who's doing well you know what and what is it what it what is it that's working well for consumers what what's making them happy yeah well in fairness there's the sentiment is based on obviously reviews and different um words but there's a lot of teaching in that kind of algorithm of you know some words aren't negative depending on whether how it's said you know but on its own it sounds like a negative word but it's not so uh, we also kind of we we base it on you know the engagement of those brands as in people searching or scanning or liking comments somebody else has said about a brand or you know is is scrolling on a brand you know looking for more information or whatever so um we find that the brands that we have um this like the likes of CeraVe has, has, has done so well and I think 
it has done really well because it's a it's a good product right mm. so it's a, it's very accessible it's very accessible um and it's repurchased mm. right so you would have a lot of people that would have that brand um so we have obviously a want list. So you would have a lot of people that have added that to next. So that's what they want next, mm. and to, you know, to remind them of that. So, um, but I think it's kind of, there's no real frills around CeraVe. It's very kind of, this is what it does and it does it. So that is, works really well. But what has actually come out for us on the skincare and stuff like that is actually the brands that are really being buzzed about really are, uh, mostly French skincare. Really? Yeah. That's really interesting. Like without, without us looking at the data, mm. I would not have said that. Really? <laughs> no, I would, I really wouldn't have. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, um, five of the French skincare brands are coming out as a brand on top. Mm. Now there is individual products like there's like soap and glory, actually one of their products, everybody's you know, five star in it and it's a body, body, it's like a body, body butter, mo- body butter. Oh, I love that. It smells so yeah. good. So it's like, <laughs> don't eat it though, guys. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, that kind of randomly comes out, Yeah. you know, so there's, there's products that come out of there's heroes. There's hero products that are coming out of all different brands. Mm. But when it comes to an overall brand and skincare, definitely it's the French are, are definitely winning. Is there like a a key theme as to why? Um, as in, the, apart from it just works. Yeah, I. Do you know what? At the minute, well, I do. We don't have. Well, I don't have any research done on that. But I, I get the you know the sense from why it's coming out is because it's added, it's repurchased, it's they have other products belong to the brand. You know, they they don't seem to switch serums so if they have like a La Roche-Posay or something like that then it's not like it switches where if you see somebody that has a different serum Mm -hmm. then a month later they could have another serum that they scanned or they have Mm -hmm. so they're switching serums Mm -hmm. where the likes of like La Roche and 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 a few other those brands they're those consumers aren't switching Mm. that that product yeah so that's for us is a real they're switching because they're not happy Mm. it didn't work for them Mm. but then we go back to the education right because maybe they're only supposed to use it once a week I've had products that said use twice a week and then I'd forget to use it and then I'd end up throwing it out months later because I didn't and then I'd be like it didn't work but actually Mm. I didn't use it the way I was supposed to use it or Mm. when I was supposed to use it. So it comes back to simplicity. That's really interesting. I think, um, so you've mentioned, um, a lot today around the bad reviews are just as good. Yeah. Um, why do you think people are scared of bad? It sounds like a really stupid question. I know, (laughs) but based on what you see, why do you yeah. think people are so scared of the bad reviews? How how can they be seen in a positive way? Well, I think um, they're scared of bad reviews because they have no control. So it's a lack of control mm. for the brand itself. It also, if somebody there's puts up a really bad review, say, um, 
on a, a website about it uh, another product like so they can't control that they can't take that down it could be malicious and maybe it's not being monitored like what we do mm. at beauty buddy so there is a lot where they can't answer that person back mm. or they can't find out why mm. where on our app the brand can literally message you going I'm really sorry or you know you've had this experience can you tell us what you know and we've had that with brands like we've had like some events where we do meet the brand and it's a zoom call and the brand comes on and everyone has that's on the call has had like got a free product from this brand to try and they just want to know you know what their feedback is and they had one girl I remember because it was at the very start of us doing this and she just went it was terrible. It broke my face out. I came out in a rash and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like I even had a moment of, mm. okay. But actually the brand was like, well, there's active ingredients in our product, in that product. And you should always, with any brand that has active ingredients, test your skin, you know, patch test your mm. skin before using active ingredients. But she was saying, they have other products that don't have active ingredients that should work really well for her and that they would send her to those try to try. Mm. And she was like, oh, great. Thanks very much. But actually everyone learned something there, mm. if you know that kind of way. But I think it's the lack of a brand being able to go back and say, what happened? How did that happen? You know, especially if it's just malicious and they've no access to that where they're yeah. just saying, I hate it. It was rubbish. Mm, and or like, like complaining about the delivery when there's a raw mail strike going on. You're yes. like, that's not their fault. Yes. So they, that's the the thing about that. And as well as that, you have to remember, a lot of brands are trying to get into retailers. Mm. So like, you know, they're trying to open the doors into different retailers and they're, you know, they just don't want the retailer searching and then see all, the see all the negative reviews, right? Mm. So there is that, it's not about them the brand not wanting to know what is wrong mm. with their products or you know what they could do better mm. or the packaging like you know there's different products that people are like oh it's great but the, the pump on it is like really hard to use mm. so I can't use with one hand mm. so they have to hold a bottle and, you know and use the other so they can't just pump it with one hand mm. So a brand needs to know those kind of things. But I do think it's a lack of control that the brand don't have access to mm. to make it better. It's really interesting as well, because I think <clears throat> there's a lot. And just as there are a lot of brands that want to do this, there are also plenty that don't. Right. You know, mm. this isn't that everyone's trying to do the same thing. But I think you are trying to appeal to so many different skin types, age ranges. And, you know, we had... Um, Sarah on our, our podcast last week talking about nutrition and she used this phrase that I have stolen which is age and stage because okay. that's also a really big part of skincare you know if I look back yes. at my skincare when I was in my teens yeah. it was actually dry and yeah. my you know having kids and, and changing my kind of exercise and nutrition and everything else yeah. um, it's gone the other way yeah. and it was only when I was talking to someone I was thinking I was getting my eyebrows tattooed or something random and I said oh I've got dry skin and she went you do not have dry skin and I'm like hey you know and no one had said anything to me and I'd still been using all these products with dry skin for years and I struggled with it for so and I was like what am I doing wrong yeah um and it was only when I actually took that feedback on board and kind of tinkered yeah. with some that were more appropriate for combination skin yeah. that I actually saw 
yeah. a, a change. And I think that's the biggest part as well is it's helping people get started on going on the right path. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we assume we're one thing. Um, whereas I think talking to other people and seeing, oh, well, this person's talking about all these same symptoms that she has yes. and she's done this same thing. Maybe that's me. And then following and going down that thread and seeing what she uses and trying those instead. And it's all self-fulfilling, isn't it? It just feeds. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's like you could have different skin in January to, to April, you know, because maybe you start drinking more water, maybe, you know, so it is a lot of your skin obviously comes from your gut. So there's a huge uh, switch. And then obviously the new kind of trend is obviously the menopause trend, um, which actually uh, the feedback that we get is that women that are going through menopause do not want menopause wrote on the box, you know, like it's not menopause skin. It's like, you know, either oily, either dry or either combination or either, you know, dehydrated. It's, there's no such thing as menopausal skin. Like, mm. you know, you hit an age and it's menopausal and then it's like bright pink packaging. They're like, who are they marketing to? Mm. You know, nobody wants to sit down at their dresser table and a, your, your pot of pink skin cream has like menopause skin be really proud to show that off in your bathroom wouldn't you <laughs> check out my array of menopausal products stating yeah. exactly where I am in life so I think it is very much about you know being aware of your own skin and not just going I'm dry skin like you said mm. and then you're dry skin forever so we spoke a lot about skin but obviously mm. the app looks at skincare hair yes. care makeup perfume yes. and body care yes like what what's going on outside of the skincare yeah. i mean skincare is dominating right everyone's talking about it i blame covid i think it's a good yeah. thing yeah i think it's a, i think it was a good thing but no like in fairness uh, the <laughs> perfume side fragrance i i never thought i would purchase fragrance based on a review really i always thought yeah i would have to smell the perfume in person before I would buy it but some people can describe it's just unbelievable like, like how they level description like of it's just like you should be writing books or something yeah. I don't know but their descriptions and then you you can it's, it's so weird because it's nearly like the perfume it's not about the smell it's about how it makes people feel right so like or, you know, some of the perfumes is like, you feel like you could, you know, take on the world. Like, I want that perfume. Oh, that like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's more like when I wear this, I feel like I could, you know, rule it, the world. It's funny because I've always just thought about perfume. I was always taught with perfume that it's, it has its, its kind of base smell, but it go, you have your own smell as a human, right? You've got your own pheromones yeah. and all that. Oh, I said yeah. pheromones, saucy. <laughs> got your own pheromones yeah. and everything else. And it kind of blends and creates, because I've used perfume and my sister's used it and it smells completely different. Yeah. And I'm like, why? hundred percent. And I think that it goes back to, um, we did a, like a scent thing on Zoom with, people that had got all these samples mm. of one of the brands we were working with and they were explaining you know the scent and where it came from and then just like somebody going oh god no I couldn't yeah. I couldn't use that yeah and but it's because this the smell triggers a memory yeah like fairy liquid for your face yeah yeah, fairy, totally. yeah. so I have that recently with there's so much of that tobacco 
um yeah that woody smell that woody smell just reminds me of dirty ashtrays in a pub (laughs) because long long time ago I was a lounge girl and I just always hate that smell it just triggers that for me so much and I remember bringing home like a a bath oil thing or a shower thing and and I used it unfortunately without smelling it and then I nearly died trying to get it off me <laughs> I could oh. not get the smell I thought oh my god I doused my myself in everything and I could still smell it um but then when I gave it to my sons to smell they loved it they loved it mm. and one of the other girls who works with us her daughter um, like that age group 18 to 25 whatever they all thought it was a really cool smell because they did have that trigger memory yeah they've lived in a day where you're so, not allowed to smoke inside no, so for them, absolutely so yeah um, fragrance what about the hair care category so i i think the hair care category for me is it's it's it hasn't changed as much as the skincare yeah. category but i think people are looking for that they're, yes. they're using a lot more treatments you know olaplex is obviously absolutely smashing the market but there's yeah. i think there's k15 there's other brands kind of creeping in yeah the more i speak to more people walking around and they call it a hair care day you know it's that slick bag bun oh, but yeah, we know they've yeah, actually yeah. got a treatment in their hair yeah. like so there's a lot what's going on in that space so in, i suppose in that space what we're seeing is people are realizing that your scalp is a continuation of your skin on your face fine <laughs> we've got a trichology episode coming out in a couple of weeks check it out yeah he's mark he's amazing yeah um and i suppose that is again it's an education piece like it's you know it's you know you need to clean your scalp for to have clean hair like you know Mm. because the build up on your scalp and all that so it is again education i think the brands that are doing well um, we see in the US are the ones that are doing um, like the scalp, the treatment, the sh- so, but giving you the routine, mm. you know, and then it's a subscription basis, right? So you never buy it again. It just kind of comes in and then, you know, they say you can test it and stuff like that. But like anything I think your hair changes as well different parts of your hair like you know yeah, I know. you get used to something yeah and it doesn't it stops working nearly mm. do you know that kind of way so I think the thing about hair care was it was always seen as get the best value kind of the bigger bottles for the better price and now people are you know really starting to I think um, the Aussie hair care range definitely you see that uh, really loved on the app really um, but I think that was kind of the first step to being maybe more expensive for your hair mm. into the next step which will be your back actually heads, your, your salon based yeah. products yeah so and I think that I don't think the salons do enough actually to sell what they have mm. do you know that kind of way because their products that they have in the salons, the professional ones that actually, yeah. you know, could work really, really well for your hair. It's nearly like they're afraid to say it's £35 mm. or something for the shampoo because mm. people are like, what? But I, but you it's use definitely half the amount and therefore it lasts twice as long. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely getting to that um, where you see the higher end being, mm. being tested, but it's nearly like depending on how much money I have this month. So you can kind of see that somebody on the app would buy the more expensive, but might then scan or search 
the cheaper one, not cheaper, but you know, less the following month or the month after. So it kind of is the first thing that's dropped mm. from it. Like obviously skincare isn't really dropped as much like it's, but the hair care, if you see people going really high end, then they, they still go back mm. and forth. It's not, they don't stay. That's really interesting. At the higher so it's all about scalp at the moment. Scalp is a bit, yeah. And it's it's nearly not about the shampoo conditioner. And the big thing as well for that is you see that we, we wouldn't have a huge amount of men on the app, but you do um, from searching, like there's very little out there for the men mm. from a shampoo conditioners, um, unless they're like linked to a brand that is really good with deodorant but might right not good. be yeah yeah so um so when i my son turned around to me one day and he's like i need better shampoo you know or like he was like my hair is just frizzy and stuff so i went i was like yeah that's fine so i went looking in the men's section and i ended up going back to the women's in buying it in the women's because i couldn't find anything that that had any specific hair type on it even it was mm. just like shampoo men yeah men black bottle men um that's definitely a generational thing as well i think those younger men hopefully i think they're going to oh, actually yeah. start changing the market because that's yes. a demand that we're definitely seeing is yeah you know men in the category the the old school it's not not to everybody but yeah. typically yeah. shampoo fine that that's it it does its job yeah, head and these... shoulders gets a lot of reviews from men on the app I bet. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry i shouldn't say that um yeah no yeah. it really does it's um i think it's it's that it does it do the job whereas i think people are starting to kind of explore more yeah yeah more, more concepts but, yeah but the, definitely the guys in their 20s and stuff are using skincare or you know they're more conscious of their skin mm. and they're they're not as they're not uh, shy about it either do you know that kind of way or they're yeah. taking you know the female but the thing about what brands need to realize is even though the men's you know category is growing and it is exploding like kind of from a you know even from tinted moisturizers and mm. different things like that but it's still the women that are mostly buying it for mm -hmm. the men mm -hmm. you know so even though it's for the man, they still need to be targeting the females and explaining. Oh, yes, literally. I say this all the time. Like, Spot on. Like, I have no idea, like, why you're advertising it to my 18-year-old because he's not going to pick it up. But if I saw something that would help his skin, that like, I would pick it up for him. Mm. Do you know that kind of way? So the buying power is still in the female's hands yeah um so launching a, a a male product that's amazing and just ad advertising it to to men is um not necessarily gonna get the results yeah i agree yeah um i could talk to you about this for hours there are so many millions of things that we could talk about across different <laughs> markets um but obviously you've done a piece of research um, and that's available to kind of access as yeah, well. Yeah, so we have the skincare one out and uh, we're launching uh, cosmetic at the end, actually next week, nice. the end of January 
um, we have fragrance and we have, so we've all the different categories. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, thank you so, so much for joining us today. It's actually it been so really good. great fun to talk and, uh, you need to get me on one of those panels. I, I need to be sniffing some woody perfumes <laughs> and trying some products over Zoom because that sounds like great fun. I will. I will. Um, but thank you so much guys for listening today. Um, any questions you want to get in touch, don't forget to check out Beauty Buddy as well. Uh, please get in touch to us at podcast at the pool agency dot com uh wendy you have been a pleasure as always Thank and you. Uh, we will speak to you guys soon take care